We looked at, you know, that's huge business out there, you know, the largest being video games, which is a $200 billion a year business. And then we looked at uh, fantasy sports and real money gaming where we've already had you know, experience, but it only operates about 40% of the time because it's dependent on human athletes kicking a ball, throwing a ball, catching a ball. That is the fantasy sports aspect of it and the, and the real money gaming aspect of it. So, you know, we looked at that and said, okay, well, if we were to build our own digital sports leagues um, that could operate 24-7, 365, we could turn sports into you know, a bingeable business as well. And the goal is to have, you know, a nonstop sports ecosystem that can service everything that happens around sports. This is the Sports Tech All-Stars podcast, showcasing outstanding startups and initiatives in the global sports tech ecosystem. From Sports Tech X, the leading source for data and insights about sports tech. Here is your host, Ron Maholtra. All right. So as part of our continuing Web3 in Sports Month, uh, one of the big topics that we're going to cover and we're going to talk a lot about on our channels is the sports metaverse and all the implications of it. There have been quite a few companies that have done quite a few things in this space, and one of those is a company called SimWin Sports. And I have their founder and CEO, David Ortiz, on our episode today. Welcome to the show, David. Thank you for having me, Ron. All right, David. So first, I have to, before we get to all the cool things that SimWin is doing, which by the way, I have to tell our listeners, it's uh, doing a lot of things. So this is a uh, sports league based in the metaverse, addressing a few different sports where there are celebrities who own franchises. Correct me if I'm wrong, David, with any of this, but there are celebrities who own franchises and there are live games happening basically all the time, 24-7, 365. And people, like fans, can watch, can pick their fantasy, uh, pick fantasy sports teams, can sports pack sports bet there are nfts involved you can also train the team to make it better there's a bunch going on so before we get into exactly what simwin is i first want to get to know the person that i'm talking to um so give me a little bit of the background david i know you come from a, a gaming background it would seem and now you've set up uh, a company which is right in this moment sports metaverse meets gaming yeah, um, I and first of all, your your high level description uh, pretty much touched on most of what we do. So uh, kudos there, Ron. Um, and in, in terms of my background, I have been in the video game and real money gaming space going on 29 years now. So for some time, I started uh, when I was 19 at Atari Midway when I was still in college going to school. And uh, started uh, the first game I really worked on heavily was a game called Wayne Gretzky 3D Hockey back in the coin op and early in Nintendo 64 and PlayStation 1 days. Uh, from there, I went to Microsoft. I was the first game designer hired at Microsoft, um, or at least to hold that title specifically. And uh, worked there. We did a game called NFL Fever, which did well and uh, did the first game on the Xbox Live. I went to EA Sports, uh, where I met some of my current colleagues and had the privilege of being able to work on product development for Madden for uh, Madden NFL for several years. And we had a good success there. Uh, I was at uh, Sony as creative director of North American Sports and, and spent some time as an EP studio head at Warner Brothers Games and 
some time overseas in Abu Dhabi, as well as coming back and doing a fantasy sports company with my uh, my my now CMO Tom Getty, who was also at the time uh, one of our very senior leaders in marketing at EA when I worked there. And uh, the last four years, I've been heads down uh, with my team and, and colleagues and, and, and great support and investors building out Simwin Sports. All right. That's the perfect segue to where we are right now. We had actually covered Simwin Sports. I was mentioning this to David. I don't know if you would know, but we have a little YouTube show where we talk about latest news in sports tech. And we had covered an investment that Simwin Sports had raised. I think this is um, somewhere, somewhere around June, if I'm not mistaken. Um, and there was, I think, a, a big round from, I think, Magic Johnson and a bunch of other uh, celebrities that were also involved in the fundraise. So now... That is all the money that's gone into Simwin Sports, which, thank you, David. I appreciate that you that my description wasn't bad, but I'm sure our listeners would prefer to hear it from you. So what is the game about? Um, and yeah, what are you trying to achieve here? Sure. So when we decided to build Simwin, you know, the, the vision was that of looking at the world of entertainment right now. And the world of entertainment is is digital and it's bingeable. You can do what you want for as long as you want, any time of day. So whether it's movies, music, Netflix, Hulu, uh, Apple Music, uh, Rhapsody, uh, video games, online poker, online slots, you name it, uh, TikTok, you can be entertained whenever you want to for as long as you want. Uh, And we looked at, you know, it's huge business out there, you know, the largest being video games, which is a $200 billion a year business. And then we looked at uh, fantasy sports and real money gaming where we've already had, you know, experience and uh, that's a very, very healthy business. Uh, some reported up to $500 billion a year, but it only operates about 40% of the time because it's dependent on human athletes kicking a ball, throwing a ball, catching a ball. That is the fantasy sports aspect of it and the, and the real money gaming aspect of it. So, you know, we looked at that and said, okay, well, if we were to build our own digital sports leagues um, that could operate 24-7, 365 we could turn sports into, you know, a bingeable business as well, uh, a digital and a, and a bingeable business. So, you know, we said, well, we've got a great experience building sports games in the past. We built our own leagues, which is what we're doing. We're building American football, basketball and soccer, all three of which are almost completed football being ready to go. And then, uh, you know, we're focusing on cricket and boxing and baseball and hockey as well, as well as racing. And the goal is to have, you know, a nonstop sports ecosystem that can service everything that happens around sports. Um, It will allow us to, with games running all the time and organized leagues, it will allow us to have people follow and watch our content and track it as well as be able to obviously do fantasy sports. We ourselves um, don't do sports betting. We would license our data to sports books and casinos to allow them to run sportsbook. We operate very much like an NFL or an NBA or an MLB. So as a league, we ourselves will operate, you know, first party fantasy sport, but we won't run a sportsbook. And so, you know, and then in addition to that, our, our teams themselves, you know, as you mentioned, have, we have some very compelling uh, celebrity owners and, and companies that own teams in our league. So, you know, everyone from LaMelo Ball to Jerry Rice, Marshall Falk, Tracy McGrady, Jen Welter, the first woman to coach in the NFL, Mike Singletary, Nick Carter from the Backstreet Boys, um, Magic Johnson, of course, uh, several others that we'll, we're going to wait to announce, um, you know, Authentic Brands Group, uh, several. 
and uh, Thomas Vu from you know League of Legends, um, just a, a large, large group there. David Levy, Craig Fox, um, and uh, as a result, we get obviously you know a lot of have a lot of visibility and star power, but we also um, we also are um, in a position where we get a lot of good information about the world of sport, our accuracy, our authenticity. But again, it's all about having um, really compelling content that fans can engage in. And uh, while the teams, which go for, you know, a, a very respectable sum, as you'd expect for a digital sports team, professional digital sports team, we also have uh, the players themselves that run around that are on these teams and the players themselves are NFT. And the players are owned by or become player agents by by fans who are watching the content and watching the games and enjoying the experience. They get a chance to buy the players that are going to be drafted and manage those players as their player agents and ultimately hope to see their players land on a professional team and then receive the salary of those players and have all the fun and notoriety that comes from managing a professional athlete in our metaverse. Lots to unpack there, David, um, and lots of big names and big words you dropped. Um, but the first one that piqued my interest was cricket. Um, I'm biased. I'm Indian, uh, living in Berlin for a while. But the moment anybody says anything about cricket, uh, I always get interested because you don't. that's not a word you get banded around too much in sports tech. It's growing, it's changing. But hopefully, I'll, I mean, I'll be curious to see what virtual game you pull out there. But okay, so my first question when I came across the platform, as you said, there's a lot to unpack because what you described is a lot. When I described it in a sentence, it already sounded a lot. So my first question to you is, I guess, what company are you? Because it sounds like there's a lot of content you're creating. You're also a fantasy sports, let's say, player, because people can get tracked by NFTs to play fantasy sports, a format that we've seen um, from SoRare and a bunch of other companies do that. So that's a different, let's say, product altogether. This uh, You already separated the sports book, so you will not operate that. And I guess you will plug into existing sports book. But also, you're a virtual game. Right? So you've got a virtual game, this content that people are watching, this fantasy sports that people are playing. So is there something that you say that we are that first? Or is it that, no, we bring all of this together evenly and the customer picks and chooses what they interact with the most? I think the first thing that we do is we bring great sports content and entertainment to the table. So out the gate, our content is focused on entertaining, allowing people to have more sports content of their favorite sport to watch. And then we provide them a bunch of different ways to interact with it, which is really when you think about the NFL or the MLB or the NBA or any of the various leagues within FIFA, we're really no different um, than, than those those groups. They have the product they put on the field, which is their core business. And then from there, they all have their own first party fantasy sport. They all have their own you know, interactive video games that come off of that experience as well. Uh, they're all rapidly having their own NFT collections and various ways to, for you know Web3 community to interact there. Um, and of course, they all stream their content and, and generate revenue from advertising. And more and more frequently, they're all doing different deals with uh, Sportsbook. So I think the most uh, accurate way to look at us is a, a digital sports league. Um, and when you think about it that way in parallel to the traditional physical sports leagues, it starts to make our business make a lot of sense and easier to digest. Perfect. That makes a lot of sense to me as well, because I, I felt that that's the first, let's say, as you rightly said, that's the first thing you are and everything else is a derivative of that. So great. So then maybe we can unpack the, that a bit more because we've seen this format exist. Like, for example, I think uh, maybe it was a couple of years ago, I saw a company called Zedrun, which was doing digital horse racing. And they were just the platform where, yeah, the 
the the game or the races take place. Everything else that happens, you can buy NFTs to rare the horse, to to grow the horses. Um, uh, well, let's say legacy or children or or do all, all sorts of other stuff. But first, they were the platform where these games take place. So that is the core experience that you bring, let's say, from your gaming background into SimWin. Is that fair to say? It's very fair to say. Got it. Perfect. Okay, so now let's talk about the game itself before we before we go on to the derivative. So, uh, first off, when like what sports are you launching with, and when is I guess what launching? So we are launching with American football first, mm-hmm. uh, and we intend to have that in everyone's hands in November. Uh, we are going. To, we are in our you know our kind of closed alpha testing right now, and we're moving then from there in our closed beta, and then we you know intend to have this in the public's hands uh, in November. And so that's what our that's what our launch is planned. And then from there, you know, as we are ready, we, you know, we'll be followed right after that with basketball, and then you know a few months after that, we'll follow with uh, with soccer. And then after soccer, it comes your favorite cricket, and then from there, boxing and racing and hockey and baseball. So, uh, what what exactly will be live? Will all aspects of the game be live in November? So, I believe there are uh, a bunch of games happening per day. I think it's twelve. I might be wrong. Um, there is also the fantasy sports uh, layer, which you said you're going to own, and then there's the the sports book and I guess the NFTs and everything else as well. So we'll, all of that will roll out or one shot for the uh, NFL base or American football base game, right? So out the gate, we will have our fantasy sport, both our in play, so real time prediction, as well as our our daily fantasy. Those are the two things we'll run out the gate, as well as obviously the streaming of the games for them to be watched. It will be twelve games per day, all games consecutive. We never put on, you know, two games at the same time, so that you know our audience can consume the content at their leisure across the board. Uh, so twelve games per day, and. Uh, and our fantasy component first, and then shortly thereafter launch, we will then launch uh, the ability to buy uh, the players uh, for fans who want to purchase the player NFT. And as soon as we do that, we'll also launch the training games that go along with it to be able to train and develop uh, those players as well. And so that will be pretty much the order that we go in. Um, and uh and then from there, um, you know, we are, we're, we're as you know, as game developers, longtime game developers, we're constantly going to be looking at features and uh, and new experiences to add and offer. But that's really the order that the core the core set of features will roll out. And of course, you know, our ability to integrate, you know, smart advertising and branding partners throughout the experience will happen out the gate as well. Of course. I mean, we'll talk about commercialization, but first, within the game, as you said, of course, you listen to your early users as well. Maybe game. The, your uh, gameplay roadmap uh, might alter based a little bit on on your early feedback and such. So I'm sure you've done testing to prove it. But my follow-up question to that is, and I, this is one thing that I'm curious about because you're seeing this a lot. Like I, I mentioned Zedron, um, we recently covered a story about SportRadar um, tying up with the NBA to, to run virtual NBA, which will have, I don't remember what it was, but like basically thousands of games a day that, any this fans can plug into and do sports betting with or do all sorts of other derivatives with at what at what point in time do you or how do you draw the line between i guess what is too much content what we're maybe flooding the market or flooding our users with excess versus hey this is our sweet spot like you said 12 is our sweet spot how do you arrive at that and say that that is exactly enough for us to like push all the other levers that we want to push 
Well, I mean, I think it's really just a matter of, you know, what makes sense from an overall schedule, what's makes sense from a league format structure. I mean, for us, it's not just about having content out there. It's about driving towards championships. It's about driving towards playoffs. It's about records. It's about all the things that get us excited about cheering for sports and for sports teams. So it's not just about having something on um, in terms of, you know, how much content the fans actually want and enjoy. I mean, that's up for the fans to decide. But if we look at, um, you know, behaviors of how people consume content nowadays and enjoy content, more importantly, um, people like to binge. They find something they're interested in doing. Their free time aligns with them being able to spend some time doing it and they do it till they're till they're content. And then if they want to take a break, they do. And when the time permits for them to go again, they go again. I know very few people um, who, um, you know, enjoy content the way they did five years ago, six years ago, seven years ago. I think everyone, myself included, I mean, I, it's, it's funny because you look at Netflix, you look at Hulu, you look at music, right? As, as TV shows come out now, I, the first thing I check is, is this going to be episodic? And if it is, are all the shows available to me now or do I have to wait um, week by week? And if I do, I'll typically wait, even if it's one of my favorite shows, I'll wait until all the episodes are available. And then I'll go and I'll consume that content. And so, you know, uh, fantasy sports, uh, sports betting, Roman gaming, sports content in general, man, it's something where there's just a lot of passion, a lot of excitement. And, um, you know, we, we don't unfortunately get enough of it. If you walk through like Vegas this weekend uh, with NFL starting back, it's, it's just absolutely packed and crowded and everyone's excited. Really pretty much any casino probably in North America. Um, you know, just a few weeks ago, those places were, were ghost towns in the sports books at least. And so, you know, if people are having that much fun. <laughs> what's to say they wouldn't have more fun if they were able to do that all the time. And so, you know, we look to feed content, not just to people who are online, but, you know, as we strike the right partnerships with, with uh, land-based casinos, we look for people to be able to extend their enjoyment of how they experience casino as well in the sports book. Fair point. As I was just about to say I'm the same. Uh, there's a reason I haven't started watching House of Dragons because it's, I think it's only three or four episodes out. You, you, you got to wait for the season to get out. Otherwise, what's the what's the point? But I, I take your point completely. Yeah. I was thinking of the same show. I keep, I keep scrolling over on HBO Max and I look at it and I'm like, ah, not this week. I got to keep waiting. No, yeah, no, but I, I'm, I might... St- I might start it if we get to episode seven or eight. I might start it then because I think I could wait a week or two to before the last ones. But yeah, fair. but that's the point. I, I, you just have to you just have to avoid your friends, man. You know that are going to give you the spoilers. You just have to avoid them. Yeah. you know, for a few more months, and then you. Yeah, no, no, no. There's, there's spoilers get get a lot of heat, man. Spoilers get a lot of heat. I think the world has understood that if you're going to be one of those people, yeah, you're not going to get invited to too many parties. So just keep your mouth, mum, no, until everybody's seen it, and then you go from there. But fair, I, 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 I get the use case. I think you're tapping into that, say, binge consumption, um, binge, binge mode of consumption. That hey, you'll stop when you think it's enough, or you when you stop when you want to. So that I, up until that point, just feed the content, which is I think the big challenge that sports has had. That sports has got you hooked for those two three hours, and then it goes off. And then okay, now maybe there are people out there who are looking for um, for more of it, but they don't find it. So I think the whole virtual gaming. I, I see the use case. Um, it just will pan out to see how this how this translates and how many how much stickiness there is and how much fatigue. But I think that's all um, will roll out with time. 
Thanks for listening to the Sports Tech All-Stars podcast with Roan Maholtra. If you like our show, let us know and leave a review. And if you want to know more about us, check out SportsTechX.com, where you can find our latest industry reports and updates. For a deeper dive into all things sports tech, check out our comprehensive database, SportsTechDB, at SportsTechDB.com. Don't forget to follow us on social media. You can find us at SportsTechX on Instagram, Twitter, LinkedIn, and Facebook. Join us next time for another insightful conversation with a leader in sports tech. One more thing I wanted to, to talk about um, on this was, so let's, you've, you're already here, you've already got a bunch of big names uh, on the platform, you're rolling out in November. What's been the toughest part uh, of this whole exercise? What have been the challenges that you've had to, the, that you've had to deal with? Well, I mean, I think, you know, when you, every time you set out to build something, you know, AAA in terms of our quality of our content, and that was our goal from day one is to, to build, you know, AAA sports content and, and have everything else come around that. But then beyond that, you know, there were so many things we wanted to do correctly with the AI, so many things we wanted to do uh, in terms of building a foundation that allowed us to make every subsequent game easier and uh, more intelligent and um, just really pushing for a level of quality. And, uh, and there's so many things we're doing here on this platform that are new that haven't been done the way that we're doing them um, that I think just, you know, there's a lot of technical challenge there. Um, I mean, we originally, you know, we had a hard time really helping people understand why, um, you know, this could work. I mean, I think I think people saw this as a very, ambitious project when we laid it out. I mean, even now, as you described it at the beginning, you know, you'd say, wow, this is a lot. This is a mouthful. This is a lot to unpack. But we knew that if we wanted to build something that could sustain and be a market leader and really define, you know, hopefully the way people experience Web3 in sports, that we had to um, approach it the way we've approached. You know, we have some really other talented people on the team, um, and, you know, and Josh Lewin, our AVP of design, and obviously Tom and Andre Johnson, and just a lot of really, you know, uh, Jean-Yves Martineau, just, uh, you know, smart part, smart people um, on our team. There's so many more. So if there's anyone on the dev team I haven't mentioned, I apologize. Zay Collier, just really smart folks. And so, you know, the challenge, you know, with all of us is we all – yeah, we all just want to build something special. And so um, I think that was a challenge. But as we explain to people everything we want to build, um, it, you know, is substantial. And so it's just taken time to get us to this point. And now we're excited to roll out. Makes sense. Keep blazing that path, my friend. It's an exciting time. And, and that's the one I want to stay on for, for a minute now. It's the timing of it. So I guess part two-part question first is how long has this been in the pipeline? And part B, was this the overall momentum of what is happening in in Web3, uh, in the Web3 world, um, obviously starting with the NFTs of, of Dapper Labs and NBA Top Shot at the top, top of 2020, which yeah just seemed to explode, 2021, which seemed to explode and take everybody's attention. But now it's the topic has gone far beyond that. So I guess, like I said, A, how long have you been working on it? And B, is the timing just right? Do you feel the, the tailwinds are strong to carry you through and get, make this launch a success? Well, I definitely feel the timing is right. And I think the tailwinds are strong. And, you know, I think anytime, you know, you build something good and you've got all the great partners we've got, people are going to take notice um, and uh, we'll have an opportunity to give people a chance to enjoy it. Um, in terms of how long we've been building this, um, we've been building this now for going on four years. 
So we had this vision, you know, some time ago, and we've just been, you know, laying down brick by brick by brick to get here. And so, you know, if, if there were groups out there that would want to, you know, compete with what we're doing, you know, they they're going to have to get a DeLorean and uh, and uh, and uh, you know start start a while back. But you know, um, in terms of you know our time, and we think it's great. And but we've been at this. This has been a labor of love, labor of focus and commitment. And now, you know, we're we're looking forward to. Uh, to uh, receiving the spoils. And so when you started four, four years ago, did it have already all these components of Web3 and Metaverse and stuff, or was it just a game? Well, I guess what I'm trying to understand is how how did the, how did the trend evolve your thinking, or was it always in this direction? It was, it was, we've literally had the same plan, and anyone who we pitched, you know, years ago knows that we've had the same plan and vision uh, the entire time. We have done very minor tweaks in specifically how we will handle certain elements of the product just based on this. We could do this a little better or this will be a little more convenient uh, for a user. But we have had the same vision of NFT players and franchises and our you know, teams, these leagues, these sports, streaming the experience, allowing for the fantasy sport and allowing for the licensing of the content and partnering with sports books. Um, this this vision we've had, we've had it. Um, the entire time. And the, the tweaks, if any, have been very, very minor, um, really just to take advantage of new opportunities we see. But this has always been, you know, intended to be a Web3, a Web3 platform um, from day one. Wow, credit to you guys then for being ahead of the curve. Uh, I'll be honest and say I wasn't thinking anything about uh, Web3 or NFTs, certainly not four years ago in 2018 or maybe 19 at all. I think 19, 20 is when you started doing some prelim research on this topic, at least for at our end. But no, either way, kudos to your team uh, and hope you guys execute uh, like gangbusters. And I'm sure your launch will be a success, which is where I come to my second last question. So what's coming up? I know it's going to be a busy, exciting time. So what's maybe if, if there is an ask that you want to put out there or there's a um, I don't know, invite partners, uh, users, whatever you want to do. Like, where are you, what are you looking uh, for the ecosystem, at the ecosystem for? Well, I think the big thing is, we, you know, we just want to continue to, you know, share information about what we're up to, continue to rally, you know, interest and support, you know, across, across the board. You can never have enough strategic partners. You can never have enough sponsorship partners. You can never have enough strategic investment partners. Um, and then from a fan base perspective, you know, we want to allow people to have the opportunity to be entertained. So as we get ready to roll out, you know, we ask them to keep an eye on our social media, keep an eye on our site, keep an eye on the social media of, of all of the, you know, interesting people that we've got on board as owners. And, um, you know, definitely, definitely, once it's live for you, give it a try. Uh, I think if you, you know, give it a try, you'll you'll have an opportunity to become hooked. And I think that's really what we're, we're interested in. And then, of course, you know, when the NFT component of this becomes available as well, we encourage people to to buy because, um, they, you know, they, there is a true scarcity to our model. And so um, with, with meaning. And so, um, you know, we encourage people to take advantage of that, too, uh, and, and not look back and be like, oh, I, I wish I could have gotten a Simwin player back when they were, you know, first coming out. Everyone's got hindsight when it comes to Web3. Um, everyone's got, you know, FOMO or regret, you know, if it's something that turns into something special and you know we feel confident that what we're building is something special so we encourage people to jump on all aspects of what we're doing right at the onset that would be great for all of us 
Sounds good. I know I'll be checking it out come November. Uh, if people want to get in touch with you, I would assume LinkedIn is a good place or your email you want to put out there. Yeah. I mean, personally, if there's a you know business they, they'd like to do, then they can find me on LinkedIn, David J. Ortiz. Um, if you are going to follow us as a, as a customer, as a fan, as a, an interested party, you can also look at us as at Simwin Sports on Discord and at Simwin Sports on Twitter as well. Those are great places to get information, follow us and and track perfect we got your discord out got your twitter out got your linkedin out i think that should cover it all right david that takes me to my last question which is my favorite question and always the one i end every episode with because i believe first we are sports fans um so what has been your favorite sporting moment either as a fan or as a player in yourself something that you were involved in whatever capacity what do you go for Oh man. So, um, I have, uh, <laughs> I've got a lot of memories. I coach, I coach, uh, high school football. I've coached soccer in the past and I've got five children and they all play sports. And so I've got a ton of, you know, uh, memories that just keep building cause they just keep uh, performing well. So I'm, I'm a very proud dad. So majority of my biggest sports moments, and I, I can't list them all off here as to favor one child over the other, but are they all almost all involve my kids? I've got some I'm fond of from, you know, when I was playing, but the majority are, are of my kids and the things they're doing now and they've done in the past. And then I think beyond that, I am a massive, uh, Man City fan have been for a long time. So I coach American football, but I watch a whole lot of Man City and I have for 20 plus years. So I'm not a, I'm not a new bandwagon type of guy. I suffered through all the old days too. Um, and I will say <laughs> pretty much every Earl and Holland goal we're getting right now is my new favorite sports moment because they're coming in bundles. So um, yeah, um, tons of Man City highlights and uh, tons of highlights of my kids, I guess. David, we were going so well. This whole conversation was going so fantastically till you brought up Man City. Oh, man, you're killing me here, David. No, okay, as, as listeners know, I'm, I'm, a, I'm a United fan. Let me guess, bro. And uh, Manchester is... Oh, United fan, yeah. you're in Berlin. Yeah, yeah, I mean, I have always been a United fan. No, I mean, no, it's just, I, I grew up, I grew up... <laughs> yeah, it, it's one of those things... <laughs> No, all good, all good. I, I grew up in India, uh, where the Premier League was was all the rage uh, growing up on TV, and United were all the rage at the time. Um, and since then, I have seen them suffer deeply. So, yeah, kudos to you guys on the blue side of Manchester. I uh, hope that changes very soon. Well, we're, we're, you guys had a long run, man. We're having a good time. And in fact, I credit United fans for making me a City fan on my first trip ever to, uh, to Manchester. Um, so uh, I appreciate them for that. Good man, good man. Hopefully, maybe we'll get you in a red jersey sometime soon yeah, in Manchester. Yeah, um, if if not, well, David, you and the team, best of luck with everything around Simwin. Thanks for joining the show. All right. No, I appreciate it, Ron. We'll have to connect again, man, and, and talk a little House of Dragon. Absolutely. We'll do that. All right. All right, guys, that's a wrap for another episode. We're going to keep this month of Web3 in sports going. Uh, new episode out every week. We might even do more than one a week. Stay tuned for that. Stay, stay tuned across all our channels for more good content. All of, And this month is all going to culminate in our Web3 in sports report. The first of its kind using our format which is diving deep into what is happening in the space, the latest investment, the hottest startups, um, the trends from across the world, talking to some big names and players from the ecosystem to stay and look out for that. That'll be out somewhere in the last week of October or the first week of November. All right, stay tuned. See you guys soon. Ciao. 
Thanks for listening to the Sports Tech All-Stars podcast with Roan Maholtra. If you like our show, let us know and leave a review. And if you want to know more about us, check out sportstechx.com, where you can find our latest industry reports and updates. For a deeper dive into all things sports tech, check out our comprehensive database, SportsTechDB, at sportstechdb.com. Don't forget to follow us on social media. You can find us at SportsTechX on Instagram, Twitter, LinkedIn, and Facebook. Join us next time for another insightful conversation with a leader in sports tech.